Nyata, hello. Alison here from a little church in southwest Victoria called Sanctuary. Like many of you, I feel overwhelmed by the events of the last few weeks. Parliament House is revealed to be a hotbed of sexual violence and the Attorney General is implicated. Our Prime Minister has shown himself to be someone who can't imagine it matters until apparently his wife prompts him to think of his own daughters. Then the head of the Defence Force instructs young cadets that they shouldn't make themselves prey to predatory behaviour and that they can do this by, among other things, avoiding being quote-unquote attractive. And all this while our training grounds for power, that is Sydney's private schools, are also being revealed as unsafe places for young women. While all this is going on, many Baptists in New South Wales and the ACT have just effectively rejected the Baptist principles of freedom of conscience and congregational governance. They've passed a motion requiring every pastor and every church to affirm a statement of faith and values which rejects equal marriage. Or they face expulsion. And in the background, the effects of climate collapse and COVID-19 continue to unfold. And even here, where we've been minimally affected, the toll on people is terrible. We here at Sanctuary rarely talk about the cross. Our focus tends to be on what happens next. We wonder, what does resurrection life look like and how do we live into it here and now? But the Easter story is clear. The path to resurrection life leads through the cross. And this week, as the patriarchal violence of the world is once again laid bare, focusing on the cross will be helpful. So tonight I will not avoid it. Instead I'll do what the world calls foolish, that is I'll preach. And I'll engage in the particular foolishness of speaking of the cross, knowing that my words are grossly inadequate. As I speak, I pray with the psalmist, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord. And I hope with the Apostle Paul that through the foolishness of my preaching and the ministrations of the Holy Spirit, God will heal those who trust. So let's turn our attention now to the cross. In his letter to the cosmopolitan community of Corinth, Paul observes that, like preaching, the cross appears foolish to almost everyone. He notes that it's foolishness to Jews who expect a Davidic king before whom all nations will bow, and who seek miraculous demonstrations of God's power. They cannot stomach a God who empties himself of power and allows himself to be tortured and killed. The cross is also foolishness to Greeks, who trust platonic ideals of truth and beauty, who seek brilliant oratory and winning arguments from the Andrew Bolts of the age, and who, like Mr Bolt, cannot stomach a God who speaks and works through the ugliness of the cross, or the despised and rejected of this world. The cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, that is, society as a whole, which sees death at the end of every road, 
which defers or denies death at every step and which cannot stomach a God who willingly faces, accepts and experiences death. And I'd suggest the cross is largely foolishness to us because we have inherited these same expectations and values. In each of us, I suggest, there is still a little part which believes God must be strong and which hopes that God will one day smite our enemies, that is, those people who seek to diminish or destroy us or vulnerable people, other vulnerable people, often in the strong God's name. There is still a little part in each of us which conflates God's truth with visible beauty and which believes God works most powerfully through undamaged, eloquent people. And there's still a little part which sees death as a dominant force in this world, and the trappings of death, poverty, trauma, sickness, disability, grief, we see the trappings of death as, th- as things to be avoided. The cross shows us a God who looks weak, a God who looks ugly, A God who faces and embraces death. And so preaching the cross is foolishness itself. So foolish, in fact, that many churches have effectively rejected it and preach prosperity instead. What then is there for us in the cross? Why do we preach Christ crucified? Because there is nothing good about crucifixion. With 2,000 years distance... In an era when jewel-encrusted crosses are a fashion statement, it's easy to forget this. But to a first-century person, crucifixion was horrific. Rotting, crucified bodies lined the major highways, objects of terror and social control. The normal response was to turn away in such visceral disgust that a crucified victim was erased from history and memory. Their name was never spoken again. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me, cries Jesus, for the crucified one was abandoned to their agony and their shame. By the world's wisdom, to worship a crucified God is revolting, idiotic. So again... Why do we preach Christ crucified? I believe it's because on the cross we encounter a God who unmasks and absorbs human violence. This God does not react or retaliate, hurt or humiliate, condemn or kill. He does not allow violence to reshape him into its own image. Instead, this God is willing to go through the worst that humans can dish out. Betrayal, persecution, mockery, violation and torture. He is dragged outside the city gates and there he is executed in an excruciatingly painful and humiliating way. To the world, of course, everything about Jesus' death trumpets that might is right. Domination is everything. Violence wins and death is the end of the road. So to preach Christ crucified is foolishness for there is nothing good about crucifixion. Except, of course, 
to those of us who intimately know betrayal, persecution, mockery, violation and torture. There is nothing good about the cross, except of course to those of us who have been expelled from the city, from the denomination, from the church, from the family and thrown onto the rubbish dump. There is nothing good about the cross, except of course to those of us who know what it is to feel forsaken by the world and by God. Because the cross tells us that Jesus has gone before us. He knows our pain and he endures the worst with us. The cross tells us that Jesus Christ died, but it also reminds us that violence and death are not the end. On the cross, the old life, the life governed by violence and death, has been overcome. The image of a dominating and wrathful God is revealed to be a human construction. That is not Christ. And we do not need to be formed in that image. Instead, Christ's image beckons us. And when we look at Christ, we see that we are called not to domination, but to vulnerability. We are called not to see God just in the beautiful, but in the despised of this world. And we are called not to self-preservation, but to self-giving love. Let me be clear here. This doesn't mean being passive or accepting abuse. For example, being vulnerable and trusting that God can work through ugly things might mean telling our ugly stories. And we saw the healing power of such storytelling when AOC and Grace Tame told theirs. By speaking their truths, by fighting for the right to speak their truths, they brought light to darkness. They neutralized shame not only for themselves, but for many who heard them. This is the beauty of the resurrection life. We do not need to become violent ourselves making ourselves in the image of the oppressors, nor do we need to accept their terms, living in darkness, isolation or shame. Instead we are called to band together and to minister to one another, offering healing and wholeness in God's new community of love. And so to every person who knows violation and violence, Welcome to the margins. The crucified Christ and his new community are here for you. To every person who's ever been mocked, persecuted, vilified or rejected by family or church for being who they are, or for standing with others who are shunned, welcome to the margins. The crucified Christ and his new community are here for you. To every person who is crushed by disconnection and loneliness, who feels forsaken, forgotten, friendless, who feels ashamed, welcome to the margins. The crucified Christ and his new community are here for you. To every person who is fed up with the patriarchy, 
sickened by the silencing, the name-calling, the lack of empathy, the victim-blaming. And to every person who cannot stomach a vengeful, violent, judgmental God or the people who make themselves in that image. Welcome to the margins. The crucified Christ and his new community are here for you. And to our Baptist siblings across the border who face expulsion for affirming the dignity of all forms of love. Welcome to the margins. The crucified Christ and his new community are here for you. Jesus Christ has gone before us, emptying himself of all power, spurning all defences and accepting ridicule, rejection, forsakenness, even death. Through his crucifixion, he has unmasked human violence and revealed a different way, integrating heaven and earth, reconciling all things and creating a new community which brings life and healing to those foolish enough to trust him. And there's a great crowd around him already. Jesters and fools, misfits and outcasts who've turned from the violence of the world and found ourselves embraced by the crucified Christ. We are wounded, but we are healing. We are mocked, but standing tall. We were rejected, but here we are cherished and loved. And there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, because that's part of the grieving and part of the healing. But there's also bread and wine and stories and singing and belonging and wide slow rivers of joy. So come now and join us in this generous spacious place outside the city gates. For we are gathering around Jesus breathing out life. Arms open wide towards you. Amen. If you valued what you heard, there's always more to read on our website at sanctuarybaptist.wordpress.com. Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. If you'd like to support the work of this little church, you can make a donation via PayPal, and you can find the details for this on the website. This podcast was made on the lands of the Eastern Ma Nation, whose people have been sharing story and keeping culture since time immemorial and I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Peace, God's peace be with you all. Amen.